0: Ron and On Thursday, it was negative 61 degrees,
1: and uh, my car wouldn't, my truck wouldn't start. Here's the problem. You know, minus 61, I don't think anything works right. All right? Uh, you know, it's, that's just, that's just such an extreme. The car doctor. There's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, in, in the coming months and years, there's going to be an awful lot of cars, I believe, they are going to be affected by all the calcium chloride and the chemicals that were we're driving on top of right now the roads are white it's beyond it's ridiculous it's beyond i don't know yeah, what they were expecting welcome to the radio home of ron and Anian the car doctor since 1991 this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair if your mechanic's giving you a busy signal pick up the phone and call in the garage doors are open but i am here to take your calls at eight five 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 six zero ninety nine hundred. And now, the reason it says Ron and Amy in the car doctor is you got to let me talk every once in a while. Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines, America. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Amy in the car doctor are at your service. Oh my God, we were just um okay. We got to get back to doing the show here because we are so far off the beaten path. Tell uh, them about Batman. Well, we were during the. During our top-of-the-hour break, we we ran into the green room and we were watching an episode of Dr. Phil. Has anybody seen the episode of Dr. Phil? This sort of is the car doctor because he's probably got a Batmobile, but the the guy thinks he's Batman. Did you see that? I, 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 as soon as the show's over, thank God for the DVR, I'm going to go back and watch that one because uh, there's some guy on there who thinks he's Batman, and we're just, like, laughing like, no, it can't be. That's That's sad, actually. That's just... Wow, thank God we're normal. I just think I'm the car doctor. So, oh, wait, I am. That's right. So I'm here to talk about cars and solve your problems, whatever they might be, and uh, all that good stuff. There's more information at Cardoctorshow.com. And, of course, there's a Facebook page, Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor. And without any further ado, because the phones are extremely backed up and we got a big traffic jam, let's go to Brian in Philadelphia, 2017 Ford Fusion. Hey, Future. Ron, good hey, to talk to you again. Good, sir. Yes, sir. What's going on?
2: Uh, we talked to, actually, uh, not long ago, we talked probably a couple of months ago, about my 2017 Ford Fusion with some control module problems, okay. which have been straightened out. But now, uh, I've had electronic problems with the sync device, you know, with the backup camera, radio, and Bluetooth. Right. And um, cars still under warranty, so went back to the Ford dealer. They said, yeah, uh, we have to replace it. So they replaced it, went home, still didn't work. Called back, they said, oh, "I'll bring it back. So they said, we have to order a new one. This one's defective. They order a new one, that one's defective. What? So they said that Ford said they've had a bad run of sync devices. So they got me another one, and it finally worked. Now, I know I've had the problems with a couple of uh, you know, of uh, control modules in this, Um I've um, always thought the Fusion was a something good, but it just seems like with this model, and I've looked it up, they've been, as far as power accessories and electronics, they've been sort of a, uh, a real problem. Um, these problems, as far as I know, these are not related, are they between the sink and the control modules
1: you know i don't i don 't think so brian i i haven 't seen a lot of failures on the fusions like you 're saying I think the fusion's a great car I think ford 's got some great product, I think maybe. And, and don't take this wrong, but I think maybe some of this is just maybe the extenuating circumstances around whoever's fixing it, too. And I'm not trying to knock anybody, but I, uh-huh. you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes I, th- I see things that go about uh, that, you know, one guy makes a misjudgment and then the next guy makes a misjudgment. And before you know it, we're in a sinkhole and we're like in quicksand pulling it in over our heads and it gets blamed on parts. And I would be cautious from here on out. You know do we have another issue? do we have another problem is it is does one problem beget and be you know and create itself uh, or is this the end of it? My first question on procedure, for example, on how it was fixed, didn't anybody test anything before they called you and said the car's done
2: well, unfortunately, the first time they did test it, but the sync device everything was working except for the Bluetooth. So they didn't test the Bluetooth because the camera was working, the radio was working, but I couldn't get the Bluetooth to function. Right. And then they realized, uh, okay, we got to take it back again. So then they realized, they said that sync device, they couldn't get it working. We needed another one. Right. And then when they got the new one, they tested it. They said that the Bluetooth didn't work. So basically, with the sync, the camera and everything was working. The problem was getting the Bluetooth for the phone to function along with the rest of the device
1: and let me guess they couldn't test it because you didn't leave your phone with them
2: (laughs) well actually they tested with another phone and um when they finally got it right they tested their phone and mine and it finally got right because Mm -hmm. like i said this is you know i've had forwards for years i've never you know it's always been good um after doing some research they said the 17s have had this problem you know, and that's sort of, you know, and it's been a good, you know, I've had good luck with Ford. Right. I like their cars. Yeah, I like their cars um, too. Um, but, you know, that's, that's been the problem. And it, like I said, thank God this has all been under warranty because I'm still under manufacturer's warranty and they've taken care of me. They've given me loaner cars. The dealer I go to is one of these um, dealers that owns tons and tons and tons of dealers throughout my area. Um, so the, their reputation is good. So it hasn't cost me anything monetarily, and I'm fortunate. But I'm just a little taken aback because I've never dealt with, um, you know, electronic issues like this.
1: I think, and, and I think what you're going through, we're going to see, well, I'll say it like this. I'm surprised we don't see more electronic issues in cars. I'm surprised we don't see right. more failures when you think about the amount of modules and software and programming that are in cars today, that it's, it's really, it's just tremendous. I, you know, I'll say it like this. When we do a scan of computer codes... Uh, we will, you know, it's it's hook up the scan tool, throw it in auto mode, and it'll go through, and it'll it'll poll, or it'll go out and look for every module on the vehicle and request any code information, any code information. It knocks on everybody's door. Some cars, it's it's over in 30 seconds. The newer the car is, the longer it takes. I scanned a Ford. What's the big Ford? The Ford Expedition.
2: Expedition, which is, that was my loner actually. Right. <laughs> that was my last
1: loaner. I, I scanned a Ford Expedition the other day. It took two and a half minutes to go through all the modules on the car. And, and, that's, not, okay. and that's not extreme. I've had cars take, you know, four minutes, five minutes. Uh, you know, some of the high-line German cars can take five minutes to scan all the modules, if not longer. So when you look at all the electronics on cars and you think about all the cars you've bought over the last 20 years, you know what? Be, be grateful you haven't had more problems. So that's a good and, way to look at it. And, and, and at that's, least, you know, and at least they're the it. used yeah, to yeah, yeah, it's.
2: I used to be able to work on cars. I used to have some old big block V8s with carburetors. I used to be able to work on them myself. Now I'll, I can't do anything.
1: I'll, I'll tell you a quick story and then I'm gonna go. Um, so I had a customer show up yesterday and he drives a 2015 Ford Escape. And he's talking to me about his Escape and how he, you know, but it he doesn't feel right and you know it's. You know, you know all the electronics, and he's happy for the electronics, but he doesn't want to fix it. And I said, "Listen, you need a you need a reality check." I took him out into the shop, and I let him sit in my '72 Monte Carlo because he's he's old enough to remember Monte Carlos. He actually looked out and he said, "Is that a Monte Carlo?" I said, "Yeah." He goes out to the shop. I he had sits, one too. <laughs> right? he, he sits. He sits behind the wheel, and he's like, "What did you do different to this car? Nothing." He goes, no, there's something different. I said, no, this is exactly the way the car rolled off the assembly line in 1972 when GM built it. He goes, it feels so weird. He goes, boy, I really like my Escape. Bingo! Problem solved. He went to lunch. I well, went to yeah. lunch. We all had it. You know, it's we, we forget how cars were made. Um, you know, we forget I how good we had yeah,
2: I love this. It. I wish I still had it. Sometimes yeah, it's
1: it's you know it's it's uh, the way cars are built today. We've all got to be grateful that they're as good as they are for the consistency level that they are. Um, you know, and that's all. That's a whole another conversation. So, but well, I, uh, I
2: feel better. You, you gave me a little bit of a different perspective, and I, so, I feel better that I talked to you. So good. I
1: really appreciate that. Glad to be here for you, Brian. Let us know how it works out. Thanks if you have any so other much. questions, you know where to find us. You take good care. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. It's
3: the from Pasadena
1: drives that way, but when it
2: comes to fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right.
1: 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Andy, the Car Doctor. Let's go over and talk to Paul in Minnesota. Paul, you're on at 855-560-9900. How can I help?
4: Ron, uh, yeah, I got a question. My uh, What I have is like a 2014 CRV. It's my wife's car, and it came with power windows, and but they're not they're not the frostable. They're, they're not heated. When uh, mirrors, I'm sorry. The, you mean uh, mirrors? yeah I was, mirrors. Gonna
1: say, I was thinking windows, yeah. and I went, yeah. yeah. I was thinking, okay, oh. where are we going? Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so we we're, so you're looking to put heated mirrors on this CRV if it's possible.
4: Correct. And right. Yeah.
1: What what trim level CRV is it?
4: Uh, it's an EX.
1: Okay, I don't believe. Well, they didn't. I don't believe they put heated mirrors on EXs to get an, to get heated mirrors. You had to go to an LX, if I remember correctly. And the, the, the problem is, you know, is the existing wiring there, number one, and then the, the module to turn it on? And I, I think the answer to it is no. So okay. it's, it's, you know, is it possible? Sure, anything's possible. It's just how easily and at what cost. So, right. you, you know, if somebody makes a kit or if it's there and they just haven't turned it on because they haven't had the mirrors yet, it depends on how the vehicle was built. Um, okay. And that's going to take some research on your part. But I can tell you that whether or not, uh, on a Honda, for example, whether or not it has specific componentry is trim-level related. And that's, you know, they, they, they want you to buy right. the trim. They, you know, right. n- not to say it can't be done. Um, you know, I right. put heated seats in cars that didn't come with heated seats because there are packages out there and there are there are programs out there. So I would tell you to Google search, you know, Honda CRV heated heated mirrors, um, right. Or install heated mirrors, 2014 Honda CRV, and see what comes up, and then okay. make sure you read the reviews and what's involved. Sure. What does it tie into? Um, and you know, maybe you'll get lucky and find out the wiring is still there. But if not, then you've got to decide is it worth the cost. Sure. So, okay. all right, sir.
4: All right, hey, I'm going to tell you about your uh, your sick question on the porches in minnesota oh yeah
1: yeah yeah. is that true that's true right okay
4: Uh, and here it is that's true it's an area thing so i used to live i live in northern minnesota and it was minus 31 when i woke up this morning at the house
1: oh my god
4: So, (laughs) so uh in all my vehicles i have a fleet out here and they all start and uh some of them are plugged in and if it gets really cold the ones uh uh, I have magnet heaters that are 435 below and, and colder, so then I throw them on the block, and everything starts Jim Dandy when I do that. But anyway, the the, the stick is a, is an area thing. I used to live in New Richland. I actually was a machinist in a previous life, too, and did some work for OTC, but uh, was part of a machine shop in Wasika, And uh, we... the. the, the they don't get that much snow uh, as far as accumulation, typically at one point down there. But what we, the problem was drifting. Uh, the wind would drift. You might get six inches of snow. I can tell you, I lived on a farm. I got six inches of snow one day. I came out the next day, my van was gone,
1: covered in snow.
4: There was you, you couldn't find it. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So I mean, uh, I I had. I, and, and i left the van sit out there overnight and uh literally uh, another time i came in and turned uh i the i had a g- attached garage i got in the car i hit the i thought i hit the button for the garage door when i came in the garage door went up no gar- and, a, a, and i looked at my rearview mirror oh the garage didn't go, door didn't go up so i hit it again and um then i see it going down and i realize the garage door did go up it was just a wall of snow. Oh, my. So, so what happens is that you may not get a lot of snow uh, per, per capita as far as an actual accumulation, but the problem is with the winds on those plains down there, uh, yeah, you, you things disappear in a hurry. You
1: know, you, you you, guys know there's other states where it's warmer than minus 31, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there are yeah. places, you know, with the, there's places where it even breaks zero. Uh, Correct. Yeah.
4: Correct, yeah, and, and I will say that that uh, it is a lot quieter up here. Things are a lot more rural up here. Population density is a lot uh, uh, less up here, and uh, yeah.
1: And well, if, if there were more people by now, they probably froze. So how would you know? Uh, <laughs> right. You know, listen, God, right. God bless you, brother. Minus thirty one. You're a tougher man than I. I don't think I could take it <laughs> at this age. I just I want to get up and be warm in the morning. Um, yeah, and, you know. Uh, so uh, what? Well,
4: and- what, and I do want to send condolences for your mom. I literally was just out in your neck of the woods uh, a couple of weeks ago. My dad passed away on the 15th of January. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and, yeah. uh, and, and so, uh, you know, I'm originally from the Poconos. So, okay. Uh, and uh, so I was back out there and uh, dealt with that. But uh, I, I thought it was funny. I was there during that little snowstorm that well, I call that whatever you guys call the snowstorm out there. But,
1: yeah, that was you know like, that was like a sprinkling for you guys. Oh, um, like
4: come on, man! It's yeah. not even people are in panic mode, and it isn't even started to snow yet.
1: Well, this is New Jersey. <laughs> so in New Jersey, the rule is okay. We everybody buys an all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, something vehicle. Everybody, you know, we we put down. There was so much road salt, calcium chloride, snow prevention material on the roadway that I I refused to drive my everyday vehicle. I drove the beater for three days because the the amount of crud flying around in the atmosphere. You were driving down major highways in New Jersey, and it looked like caravans through the desert. All you saw was white vapor trails indicating where the – it was ridiculous. I just read an article this week that the, the brine being used in New Jersey is so corrosive that if you don't wash your car on a regular basis in the winter, and I was going to cover it this hour, and I still might if we have time, that they're predicting that the undercarriages of the cars are going to rust out, rot out, and, and have issues as well. So, uh, you know, it's welcome to New you, Jersey. And you would benefit...
4: You yeah. would benefit from our cold weather. See, because none of that junk works here because it's too
1: cold. Yeah, well, we I'll, just plow them, yeah. scrape them, and maybe. Good luck. I don't know if I ever if I ever opened the garage door and there was a wall of snow. Yeah. I, I'm done, brother. I'm just I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm back to bed and reruns of Gilligan's Island for the next three weeks. It's just it's over at that point. So, but um, listen, well, it was great talking to you, really you too, sir. It. Thank you very much. You take good care. I can't imagine that much snow. I, I, I just, I, I can't. That's.
2: I wake up and it's negative 31. I'm buying a plane ticket to Florida. I'm leaving everything behind that same day.
1: Yeah. It's like, here you go. There's, there's, there's just, there's just no doubt in my mind. It's just like, wow. Wow. I um, But anyway, hey, did you hear the news about Motorrad? Um, Motorrad was recently named Vendor of the Year by the Factory Motor Parts Group at the 2019 Vendor Gala. Um, Motorrad was presented by the – award was presented by the Vice President of Manufacturing, Merle Beyer. He mentioned Motorrad's commitment to service, their partnership with the sales team, the field training, the category management, and the way they are growing and the quality of their products. So a tip of the hat to the folks at Motorred. We appreciate everything they're doing and helping us and helping the industry, and you can find out more about them at motorrad.com. I just wanted to mention that. I have a really great PB Blaster story, which I don't know if I can – I might be able to get this in real quick. Um, You know, you're always asking me about why I use certain chemicals in certain places. So I had a 2002 Toyota that had a steering problem. Um, It it had a high steering effort issue that – really was as a result of the vehicle sitting and in order to purchase or in order to re, to repair it, um, I had to soak the, 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 the steering column um, in order to free it up from rust and, and people were asking me, I think I've told this story, but they were asking me what specifically did I use and one of the components or one of the elements of this repair was a product called PB Blaster which is a, a, a rust penetrant and you know why did I do that? Because, you know, in order to get the rust out, to get lubricant in, you need to free the component up. You need to get the rust uh, removed. And a rust penetrant does what its name describes it is a penetrant, it actually burrows its way into the component and gets down. It is a creeping action. It creeps along at a certain speed, works its way down to the component, helps remove the rust, helps free things up, and then you can shoot a lubricant in, um, depending upon what you have to do and what you're trying to do and uh, you know how you're trying to make it work. So uh, um, in, in talking about this story, I don't know if we mentioned that enough, but PB Blaster worked really well for me, and you can... Uh, Google them out online and uh, you can find it more. I believe it's at blastercorp.com and read about PB Blaster too. I'm Ron and, Andy and the car doctor. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. name right of the Car Doctor here at eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Let's go over and talk to Frank in New Mexico. Eighty six olds. Frank, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help?
5: Yeah, thank you, Doc. Uh, I'm just trying to optimize everything here for my next smog test. Last one last March, my uh, hydrocarbons were one seventy eight, one seventy eight out of an allowable two hundred. So that allowed me only to re up for one year rather than. Two okay, March is coming up. I've tried to optimize everything. Replaced the smog pump, thermostatic control valve straight from Tomco, AC Delco, a canister control switch. And I got to thinking about the uh, the vapor canister. Does that charcoal go bad? I mean, I got a new filter at the bottom of it, but uh, what about the rest of it?
1: Well, theoretically, the canister could be overloaded. And you know, if it's we actually have back in the day. And this is a this is a non OBD car. Um, but back in the day, this is a uh, you know, this is a non electronic emission vehicle. If you want to think of it like that, we would weigh charcoal canisters, new versus old, just to see if they were just to see if they were saturated. Um, you know, but you got to figure 86, 96, 2006, 2016. So it's 34 years old, 35 yeah. years old. You know, it wouldn't be the worst idea to try. The The other question I've got is, this is which engine? Is this a uh, 3.0? 5.0. The 5.0. This is a 5.0. So this is the old 5, 5.0 motor. Um, yes. If you go in front of the carburetor, did we talk about this? Because I know you've called them before. Did we talk about the little black hockey puck device?
5: Oh, yeah, I replaced that. You replaced that, ACL yeah. And also these thermostatic control valves straight from Tomco. Yeah, right. We talked about this.
1: Right, right. So, you know, if that went bad... It's, it, it could have pulled fuel I'm trying to remember does that will that pull fuel through the canister I think it can so that I think could it can. yeah so that that could have saturated the canister and at that point sure changing it listen if you can get your hands on a new one for a 34 year old car and I know you love this car <laughs> to death uh, you, you know what there's nothing like having inventory brother all right
5: yeah especially uh, for these old puppies right yeah.
1: it's you know when I purchased the Monte Carlo, I did the same thing with the 55. I have stacks of parts. Just It's just cheaper to have, you know, the common everyday wear items, the switches, the controls, the, you know, the, the basics. Whatever you can still get of a decent quality, it's not going to hurt. And, uh, you know, put it on the shelf and you hang on to it or when it goes bad or when you have wonder, is it bad? Then you've got to go and pay somebody on the outside to try and get some whatever level grade part and, and, and hopefully that works. So if it's still available... Buy it. Put it on the shelf. Yeah. Hopefully, you never have Yeah, I it. hope
5: you get a hold of your uh, Frigidaire Harrison uh, compressor. We, we actually... Actually, you mentioned that last week. I started we, looking for them. I couldn't find a single one.
1: Yeah, they're hard to find. We actually... I have a call. I have a friend up in um, Michigan, um, and I forgot to call him back. That was three months ago. I've been busy. I forgot. And um, he has two used ones that he said I'm welcome to. I have to pay shipping, which is no big deal. I have to think of who had those. I forgot. Um, oh
5: yeah, I also replaced the smog pump because the old one was just shot, wasn't
1: putting out anything yeah. but noise. Yeah. So I think that I think I'm on the right track. So let me ask you: We heard from Minnesota today where it was 31 below this morning. What's the, oh, yeah. what's the, what's the weather like in New Mexico today?
5: Uh, let's see. I can look at the thermometer here. It's probably 51 or 52. Okay, we got to go. And it's so. Down to <laughs> uh, our oldest this year has been nine degrees.
1: Mm, yeah, that's a okay.
5: Well, we'll get Frank, up
1: to 60 it's, it's 23 degrees here in New Jersey today, so... And, um, and you know, people don't understand. I have to point this out. Why does Ron keep asking about the weather? Because it's interesting to see the different variations of weather in the country because that affects how cars operate. It's all about the cars. And is, isn't it amazing when you look at the way a manufacturer can, can produce a product that works in minus 31, plus 51 and higher and lower and all points in between, and look at how well they work. Pretty amazing what we can manufacture as a world today. So, uh, yeah. you know, kind of neat stuff.
5: Anyway, I really love this show, and I appreciate all your help.
1: Thank you, sir. I'm here for you if you need me. Good luck. Thanks, Sean. Take good Bye. care. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Let's go over and talk to uh, Alvin in Wisconsin and uh, some problems with his Chevy Impala. Alvin, welcome to the car, doctor, sir. How are you?
3: Spectacular Yourself? Good, good. What's going on? So, um I got a twenty twelve seven Paula. The heater likes to I, I replace the blower motor and the uh, blower actuator and it seems like when you are driving the heat will actually blow, but when you go to the stop the the heat will fluctuate or not work at all or actually colder, it doesn't matter which one it is. Um but um if, if, after the car warms up, it works totally fine.
1: Well w- wait a minute now. Are you saying because you started out talking about the blower. Are you losing fan, or are you losing Yeah,
3: like the heat? fan, like, yeah, a fan doesn't, it kicks in. Like, when you're driving, the fan kicks in, whatever. When you come to a stop, like a stop sign, it will fluctuate on, off, on, off, a couple seconds on, whatever, back and forth, or it won't go on at all. And then as soon as you, like, drive the car for a while, the car's all warmed up real good, like, real good, warmed up, it will work pretty much fine.
1: Okay, um, you put a you put a blower motor and a blower motor control module in
3: it. The the actuator. The so I cho- uh, like when you uh, for obviously choosing the like speeds wise. Because my it's my sister's vehicle actually, but I, I was working on it and I I was just so confused because sometimes the car warms up, everything works fine, so I can't test anything at that point. And so by the time she gets here, everything's kind of working fine.
1: Okay, so does this have a blower module? Is this is this got the module down on the bottom side of the case?
3: Uh, yeah.
1: Okay, so so you change that module and the blower motor.
3: You correct, and then the blower motor is quite like dirty. I thought maybe like something like, like build up inside the motor, and you know, so it's like dirt and that kind of stuff. So it's like fluctuating on and off kind of things. so okay. that's what I thought it was the issue. So let's let's, then, let's
1: let's 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 do this, Booby. Okay, get a wiring diagram. I can tell you where to start, but you are going to want to do this with a wiring diagram. Going okay. into that going into that blower module, the blower module, there's a red wire. Yep. All right. That should have battery voltage in all fan speed positions. So regardless of where the fan speed position is, that should read battery voltage at all times. Okay. So if if we were talking about this at the shop and I was I was the foreman and you were the tech, I'd tell you I I I would tell you that um, Alvin go to that particular car set it up with a dvom put it on a, put a voltmeter on it make sure you've got power on that red wire all the time all right okay. and that's something you can do that call just set it up tonight tomorrow morning you know do i have power yes i've got power there at the red then you want to go to the gray black wire that's the changing signal When you go, you know, high and low blower speed, the voltage will be higher one way and lower in the other, and go through each wire. Listen, you can figure out how the circuit works. You don't even need me for that, because if it works good when it's warm, just follow, you know, how does it work when it's warm? It should work the same way when it's cold. Right. Okay? But I would sit down, and I would go through this vehicle, you know, hot, and then go through it cold. What's missing? Did anything change? If nothing changed, then I would disconnect the blower motor and put a headlamp across it. If you can make the headlamp varying brightness, high to low, low to high, hot and cold, how do you know you don't have a bad new part?
3: Right, right, sure that.
1: You know, remember what new stands for, never ever worked. <laughs> do that, you call me back next week. All right, kiddo? And we'll go Thank from you much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Ron and Annie in the car, Doctor, 855-560-9900. We're coming back right after this.
0: Little GTO, you're really looking like three deuces and a four-speed.
2: Need advice on how to maintain that
1: classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Hey, welcome back. Let's get on over and talk to Tim in Florida. Tim, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How are you today?
0: Good. How are you doing?
1: Good. What's going on?
0: Hi. So I have a question for you. I uh, obviously have a 96 F-150 and kind of happened overnight but the steering just all of a sudden started getting very stiff and very hard. Um, I can still turn it. It almost seems like when I go to turn it fast or like when I try to do a U-turn, it'll catch, it'll be real stiff, and it'll loosen up, and then I'll get stiff again. So I figured power steering, my power steering pump was whining. So I went ahead and I flushed all the power steering fluid out of it. Um, I jacked it up, and... When I put power steering fluid back in it, it didn't seem to whine. It still whines a little bit now, but it's not as loud. Right. I put that that uh, stuff in there to make it stop whining, whatever that agent is. But right. when I had it on jack stands, I could turn the wheel lock to lock with a finger. And but then the minute I put it on the ground, it went right back to what it was continuing to doing. Yeah, and, and then yeah, go ahead. now go ahead. Um, now I'm also having the problem which I didn't have before. Um, is that when I turn the wheel, it almost feels. sounds like it's rubbing on the just on the inside of the steering wheel. Um, it sounds like sometimes it'll squeak, sometimes it'll rub, sometimes it'll creak. It sounds like you're crushing a Doritos bag.
1: Okay. So what what I what I typically do here, and yeah, I've I've been down this road where you jack it up in the air, and there's there's little or no steering effort because there's no weight on the vehicle, there's no weight on the tires, there's no weight on the suspensions. It's not loaded, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the most I'll do there is I will disconnect the tie rod and just try turning it on the ball joint on its own, and even that's not a valid test because there's no load. So my first question is, you know, and maybe you, maybe you had dirty fluid, maybe the fluid was tired, so flushing it, you know, changed the noise and could have possibly helped. There's no law that says you've only got one issue. Um, is it that it's it's... It has power steering, and then it's tight, and then it releases, and then it's tight, and then it releases. It, it it varies in effort. It's, like, inconsistent. Or that it has no power steering at all. It's manual steering.
0: No, it definitely has power steering. Whether it's working 100%, I don't
5: think so. Okay.
0: But, yeah, most of the time when I turn, it'll be hard, and then I'll get to a point. And then I'm also noticing it's got a little, like, a good little bit of flop to it now, like when I steer, it kind of, like, to make a left turn, I've kind of got to go, like, three times around on the
1: steering wheel. Right. It's del- it's a delayed reaction type of thing. Right. So you should have a steering shift between the bottom of the column and the top of the box? Yes. Okay. When you look at that, there are U-joints in there, are there not? Yes, there are. Okay. Have you considered those as binding or failing?
0: I mean, yeah, I haven't considered it. Okay. So here's
1: a yeah. So here's a here's a cheap test. All right. Okay. Um, get yourself a can of, of penetrant, PB Blaster, or, or something. You got you got a local O'Reilly Auto Parts?
0: Yep, I've got a can of that actually okay. already.
1: So yeah, if you've got some PB Blaster, you know, put a put a put a put some newspaper down or a, or a catch pan underneath you because you're going to make a mess out of the driveway or wherever you got it parked. And hit that u joint. Uh, if there's one or two, hit the u joints with uh, you know with some of the PB and let it soak. Turn the wheel, let it soak. You know, give it 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Have a cup of coffee, let it soak. You know, over the course of a couple of hours, if you can do this and keep you know medicating it and moving it into a different position and let the PB soak in, see if that frees it up. If that makes any sort of a difference, you know you're on the right track. Then it can be a possibility where you take the shaft off, put it into some, put it into a trough of oil and let it soak overnight and see if it frees up. You'll actually feel it when you pull it apart that the joints are tight and loose and tight and loose like a bad U joint on a drive shaft. Keep in mind, if you do disconnect it, If you do take it apart, put the seatbelt through the steering wheel so the wheel doesn't spin on its own in case it doesn't lock. You don't want to have any issues um, if it's it's an airbag-equipped vehicle, which obviously it is in 96. um, You don't want to upset anything there. And just if the wheels are straight ahead, index the wheel straight ahead, index the steering wheel straight ahead so you don't have any problems with that as well. But try that with a can of PB Blaster and um, see what that does for you, and we can kind of talk about it next week if we need to. All right? You take good care, Tim. Let me know what happens. I'm running and the car doctor. We're back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. Winding it up. Let's go over and talk to Roger in North Dakota. Roger, how are you today? What can I do?
6: Uh, thanks for taking my call, Ron. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome, sir. Um, so I got an 07 GMC Envoy, and uh, when it gets real cold, uh, 15 or 20 below, a little bit colder than that, it's getting some ice on the plate of the throttle body.
1: How do you know and, How do you know that, just out of curiosity?
6: Well, I took the air hose off and the engine cover that connects to it, and I just kind of looked at the plates, and um, I could see the ice buildup. And when you start the car, it's given me a couple codes. Um, it's given me P0102 and P2176. Right. And the 2176 had to do with the throttle actuator control system. Right. Um, so, and then I'm using the... Uh, that Bosch mobile scan and it had said that the most common problem or the solution was to clean the throttle body.
1: Right, so, because they're thinking it's carbon. But if 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 this is truly ice, you know, ice is you know, we haven't seen I haven't seen throttle icing, you know, since the day of carburetors and it was just you know, it had to be just right. It was the outside temperature is, you know, real cold and the humidity is probably more than sixty, seventy percent and you know, you're gonna ice the throttle is the problem planes have flying at altitude when they had when they had carburetors. Um so my question is is there a I'm trying to remember what an 07 looks like, is there a crankcase breather tube or some sort of yep. crank, Yeah, okay. So is And the, there's
6: actually there's actually a service bulletin out on it, um for ice through the P C V system. Right,
1: that's what I was thinking about. Yep.
6: Okay. Yeah. 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 And So, you know, the first time it happened, I replaced uh, the air filter on it, and I changed the oil. Um, I looked in the PCV hose, and there's no sludge and no ice. There's just ice on that throttle body plate. And now it happened again last night on me. And I'm just wondering what uh, the cause could be on it. I looked online, and some people seem to be routing the PCV into the intake manifold, but that just doesn't seem like a solution to me, just kind of changing the problem area.
1: Well, but... Yeah, because the, 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 listen, in order to have ice, it's got to be, it's got to freeze, and you got to have moisture. So mm-hmm. the, the question is, where's the moisture coming from? Sure. And is is the moisture coming out of the crankcase? Why is the crankcase got so much moisture in it? Because it's not, unless it's coming out of atmosphere. But well, why don't we do this? What if we just disconnect the hose from the intake tube? and, you know, um, I guess block it so we're not dragging unmetered air through the hose because it's after the mass airflow sensor, right? Mm -hmm. So why don't we just block it temporarily, let it breathe the atmosphere? Who cares for a short trip? Does that cure the icing? If If that doesn't cure the icing, then the problem's got nothing to do with the PCV. If it does, then at least we know what we're chasing. Then we've got to think about how are we going to clean out the crankcase. Do we have a crankcase issue with high humidity or high moisture content in it for some reason? And at least it gives you a way to go. Try that this week and call me back. Would you do that, Roger? i got to go up against the clock. I'm Ron Anany in the car doctor reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you. See ya.